Last week we started a series uh, talking about how that we are all faced with choices. Life is just a series of choices, one choice after another. There's some choices that are small, that seem insignificant. There's some choices that are large. But no matter how small or large the choice that you make or that you're faced with may seem to you, all the choices we make are important. Our choices shape who we are and who we become. And so last week we we began to talk about living with purpose. We talked about how that, that it is more important that we have purpose as opposed to being popular. We talked about having purpose over popularity and how that sometimes it is so hard not to become distracted when we're doing work for God. And that how the closer you get to your purpose, the closer that you get to finding that thing or, or having something every day that, that you get up for and, and realizing that God has a, a purpose for your life, the closer and the more you get revelation of that, the harder the enemy is going to attack. The more that he's going to fight. The more that he's going to try to, to disrupt your life. You make a decision that you're going to, to follow Christ. You say, I'm going to be at church every Sunday, and I'm going to read my Bible. And, and, and you can believe, and you should know that the enemy is going to fight that. The enemy is going to do everything that he can to keep you from finding your purpose. And we looked at the story of Nehemiah and how that, that it was his, his desire to rebuild the wall. And he got a ladder and he climbed up and he began to, to rebuild the wall and, and there become two people that came by to distract him. And last week we talked about how that he said, I'm busy. He said, I'm busy. He said, I am doing a good work and I can't come down. Anybody use that this week? Nobody. How many, anybody use I ain't got time for that? All right, a couple did that. We've got a hip church. We're not KJV, I guess. But I'm doing a good work. I can't come down. In other words, I'm going to do what it is that God has placed in front of me, and it doesn't matter what the enemy brings against me. I'm going to stay on course. So this week, I want to, to look at another choice that we have to make. Another choice that we have to make. The title of the series is, The Choice is Yours, Choose Wisely. God lets us choose. God lets us choose when we're faced with these situations. Do we have any control freaks out here? You love to be in control. Oh, yes. I'm looking at certain people to see if their hand went up to know who we need to pray for. Some of you have been in this church for a long time. I've known you since you were that tall. But we have people that say, it's do it my way. Do it in my time. If you don't do it the way that I want you to, I'll just do it myself. Is that hitting home with anybody? Some of you work for that person. Some of you work with that person. Some of you are that person. Don't look at your neighbor. 
But everything has to be the way that you want it. And if, if it doesn't happen that way, it disrupts your life. I hate putting dishes away. Hate it. I, I, it doesn't bother me to stick them in the dishwasher. It doesn't even really bother me to, to wash them. But when it comes to, to having to dry them and put them up, I hate it. And the reason that I don't really like it is because I don't really know where everything goes. And you get this thing and, you, and, it's, and you're like looking and so then you get frustrated and, and you just stick it somewhere. Oh, it looks good. And then you shut the cabinet door just, and knowing that you're not going to be the first one to open it because you know it's going to fall out. There has been times that my wife has opened up the cabinet, stuff just fell out. It's not a pleasant time. But she can become, I won't say irritated, but she just doesn't handle it well. She knows where it goes. I don't. Or if she goes to get something, because she knows where it goes and it's not there. It disrupts life a little bit. Some of you can't stand sitting in the passenger seat. We have anybody there? I mean, there's a few people here today that I'm not even convinced that you have a driver's license because your spouse will not let you drive. I'll tell a little bit on myself. Now, I will say that there has been two occasions that I've been sitting in the passenger seat and something has happened and I have reached over and grabbed the wheel. True story. Don't do that. We didn't die, so that was good. One time we were going down the interstate and a couch fell off the truck in front of us and my wife was driving. I won't say that I didn't have confidence in her that we weren't going to plow that couch, but something in me, I just reached over and grabbed the wheel. But for me, what I struggle most with is watching someone try to do something with technology. And they're sitting there, I can't find this, and yeah, I hate this thing. And, and, or my wife will say, it's not working. And I'm just like, Phew. she called me Wednesday night. This thing won't connect to the Bluetooth. We're in separate cars. I said, we just need to do this. I don't see it. <laughs> she didn't say it like that, but that's how I, I can get my point across that way. Actually, she said, honey, I can't find it. We're standing over someone while they're working at a computer and watching them struggle with just the whole mouse technique. And I just want to say, get up. <laughs> Give it to me. Is this hitting home with anybody? Give it to me, I'll do it. Well, it's fun to, to, to laugh about and make fun of each other and but there are times in our lives that we try to control things that really aren't ours to control. Too often in life, we want to play the role of God. We think we know what is best for us. And one of the most popular passages of Scripture, you see it everywhere on walls and, and, and all places, is found in Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 and 6, when it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. That's easy, isn't it? It's easy just to live out that verse. We get out of bed in the morning and say, God, I just, you got it. 
It's all yours. I'm just going to float through the day, trusting in you. No, it's not easy. It's extremely difficult. It's easy to quote. It's easy to read it on a bookmark. But it's not easy to live out. That word acknowledge there is actually the same word as know. In the sense that Adam knowing Eve. It's an intimate knowing. And what he's saying there, he's saying, trust in me with every bit of your heart. Don't withhold anything. Give it all to me. Trust me with everything. There's a story in the Bible that, that of a couple who had a problem trusting God. Abraham and Sarah. Yeah, Abraham. You know, way back there, he had a problem trusting God. God had promised Abraham that he would be a father to many nations. But they kept waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing happened. And they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. Anybody ever been there? You felt like that God has promised you something but it just hasn't come to pass yet? Well, what did they do? They became tired of waiting. And they said, you know what, God? I am tired of waiting on you. It's time for me to take matters to my own hands. And the story is found in Genesis chapter 16. So after they got tired of waiting, Sarah went to Abraham and said, you know what? I think I know how we can fix this. Maybe... God is going to, 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 to provide and make you fathers of, of many nations if you would just have a child with my servant Hagar. Maybe that's how he's going to work this out. In other words, God, I'm tired of waiting you on you to fix this. I'm not really trusting you with the solution to my problem. So I think I know best. Abraham followed what Sarah had recommended. And him and Hagar conceived a son. And this is a perfect example of a control going bad. You see, trying to control things that are not ours to control will lead to a life of trouble. Trying to control things that are not ours to control, will lead to a life of trouble. Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. And out of Ishmael came the Palestinian nation. Later, Sarah would become pregnant and give birth to Isaac. And out of Isaac would become the Jewish nation. And today, if you know anything about the world, we know that the Palestinians and the the Jews are still at war control going bad. God, I know better than you. And then generations to come have been affected because of one choice. Someone who was following God but just decided that they would take control. I've watched it happen in relationships. A guy or a girl being a a youth pastor for so many years 
I've watched it so many times. They get tired of just waiting on that person. I know God says not to be unequally yoked. I know that 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 person's not really living the life that they should, and it's not their desire to please God, but God, I'm tired of waiting. Plus, they have cute eyes. And they walk into that relationship because they get tired of waiting for that person, that man or woman of God. And the next thing you know, it's a decision, control, this went bad. They give in. They settle. Oh, I can change them. If you're here this morning and you're dating someone and you think you can change them, I hate to break it to you, but you can't. Run. Watch it happen too many times. You're, you are setting yourself up for a life full of trouble, for a life full of misery. We get tired of waiting on something. We get tired of, of waiting on what God has promised. So we decide, okay, God, I'm taking control. You've heard the story. Some of you have. Christy and I were unable to conceive a child. And we had a failed adoption. In our hearts, we felt very strongly that that was the way that, that God, and that was the plan for our life, was adoption. She reminded me that it was uh, just this uh, past week that we received a phone call about the possibility of adopting Reese. But after that failed adoption, we knew what God had placed into our hearts, but we were tired of waiting. We were hurting. We said, God, I, I know what we feel like is right, but... We're going to take matters into our own hands. And we had set up a, a medical appointment for the Monday. And on Saturday, before that time, we received a phone call. And so at that point, we had to make a decision. God, we've already tried this once. We know that it's really what we feel like that, that, that you've placed in our hearts, but we've already tried this once. We're going to do it our own way. Or... We could say, okay, God, it didn't work out the first time, but we're going to trust you. And I can tell you that was not an easy decision to make. It was a difficult decision. It would have been a lot easier to say, God, give it to me. Give it to us. But if we would have done that, we would have missed out on what God had for our lives. If we would have took matters into our own hands, God, I know better. Who knows what the future would have held. So what is it in your life that you're trying to control? What is it in your life? What, is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a circumstance? What is it? Is it your kids? We have any helicopter parents in here? Don't raise your hand. Oh, some people aren't even ashamed. I just saw it out of the corner of my eye. I know it would come from this section. I'm not sure who it was. I'm not even going to make eye contact because. But you're a helicopter parent. You want to control every aspect of their life. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your future. 
What is it in your life that you are trying to control? And then I want you to, we want to look at three things this morning. The first thing that we want to to ask about that thing, that person, that circumstance, that situation that you're trying to control, the first thing is, is it worth my concern? Is it worth my concern? Looking at, at my own life as a leader, there are things that I look at when it comes to this church. And I say, I'd like to change that. I'd like to fix that. I'd like for that to be different. But being in the ministry for as long as I have been in the ministry, I realize that that there's some things and some battles that I must choose to fight carefully. I must be willing to, to tolerate some things, even if they're not exactly the way that I would do them. One of the most frustrating things is when somebody asks me to do something and then proceeds to tell me how to do it. But as being a leader, I must be willing to empower people. In relationships, you can't have everything your way. It's not Burger King. We a lot of times get upset over things that really aren't that big of a deal. Last week, Reese had soccer practice. Her feet, her shoes had grass and mud on them. And she went to climb into the car. I said, what are you doing? You're going to get the car dirty. She said, Dad, it's just a car. It's going to get dirty. At that point, I had to ask, is this really worth my concern? About a year and a half ago, we had purchased a new... There's a lot of stories this morning, aren't there? You can tell I'm really preaching to myself. They told me up there, they said, you only got nine slides this morning. I said, I'm I'm just... I can't put my stories on a slide. We had purchased a new vehicle about 18 months ago, and we decided to to go to Ikea. And I grew up with a father who didn't really, things didn't concern him. If he scratched it, he scratched it. If it wouldn't fit, he just shoved it in, you know. And um, so we we were on our way to, we get to Ikea, and there's something that's just, I'm having a hard time getting fixed. And some loving person in our congregation was with us. They decided to take matters into their own hand. And they took it and shoved it in. It scratched the back of the seat. I was so tore up over that that we traded the vehicle last week. Because every time that's all I could see was that scratch. They went and bought one just like it. And I said, let's go to Ikea. I think I got something to just... uh, to help you put in your van. Some of you are that way with your children in school. You're so determined that your kids are going to be a straight-A student. Christy and I did well in school. One of us did better than the other. I'll let you guess which is which. 
But when we start to think about raising Reese, we, we think she could come home from school. We could put her at the table for four or five hours. We could traumatize her to the point that she's afraid to tell us that she did bad on a test. We could try to control that aspect of her life, but we made the decision we're not going to do it. Is it important that your kids do well in school? Absolutely. Is it important that you die an early death because they make a C? No, it's not. At least to me, it's not. Maybe to you. But is it worth my concern? Is it worth getting upset over? Is it worth doing and living my life full of frustration over something that in the end makes very little difference? That scratch on that vehicle didn't make any difference. They didn't give me a penny less for it when we traded it in. They probably didn't even see it. The person we traded into is here this morning. Don't go look, okay? It's too late. The check's already cleared. Secondly, is it mine to control? Is it mine to control? Is it something that I need to do something about? And sometimes that answer is yes. If you're in financial trouble this morning, and you look at that situation, and you're trying to take control of that situation, uh, you can't just sit around and wait for God to drop money in your lap. You can't just run to the gas station Play the lotto, hoping God's going to just help you strike it big. If you do, we'll take a donation. That's fine. There are situations in your life that you look at and say, yes, I need to take control of this. In that case, what would you do? Maybe you need to change your spending habits. Maybe you need to get a second job. Maybe you need to rob a bank. Strike that. If your marriage is in trouble, you need to take control of it. You have to work it out. Maybe you need to go to counseling. Maybe you need to work on communication. If you're struggling spiritually, maybe you need to start spending more time with God. You need to get in a life group. If your doctor has told you you need to lose weight, I think that's a doctor's famous line. They must teach them that at in school. Somebody could be 97 pounds. I look at them and say, you need to lose some weight. And they weigh like 300. It's like, come on. But maybe you need to change your eating habits. Maybe you need to start exercising. Maybe you need to cut off a leg. I don't know. There are some things that we need to control. We need to take control of. But there's other things that really aren't ours to control. And when you begin to look at that, and you look at that situation, the third question that you need to ask is, is it for God alone? Is this an area of my life that I'm trying to control, but it really isn't mine to control? Is this area in my life, is this situation, is this circumstance something that I need to completely surrender to God? In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, Paul writes this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. 
His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here Paul, he is in prison. And he's looking at this situation. He says, what can I do? What can I do? Put verse 6 back up there. He said, here's what I need to do. I don't need to worry about anything. I don't need to be anxious about anything. Instead, I need to pray about it. I need to pray about it. In other words, I need to give it to God. I can do nothing about being in this prison. I'm chained up. There's no escaping. What do I do? He looked at the situation. He said, I can't control it. And then he realized it's not really mine to control because the only way that this thing is going to work out is if I trust God, if I quit worrying about it, and I surrender it to Him. But too many times in our life, prayer is our last resort. Giving it to God is the last thing that we want to do. Why? Because we want to control it. It's hard to give up control to to someone that that you can't see. To someone that, that... It's hard enough to give up control to somebody that's walking right beside you. To give up control to God, someone that you can't see, it's difficult. And too many times, it's our last option. It's the last resort. But you see, prayer should be our first response instead of our last option. Prayer should be our first response instead of our last option. We have to be willing to say, God, I give it to you. God, it's not mine to fix. God, I can't fix it. There's some of you here this morning that you're walking around with a burden, with a problem, with a situation, and you have tried for so long to work it out. You've tried for so long to fix it yourself. And I believe God and the Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to you this morning and say, you know what? It's not mine to control. It's not mine to fix. God, I give it to you. Romans eight twenty eight says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. Called according to His purpose for them. You may be here this morning. And you love God. Can I tell you that this verse right here, Paul writes, after everything that he had been through, all the prisons, all the beatings, all the the, the doubt, all the circumstances, all the situations, Paul, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, is, is able to write, we know that he causes everything to work together. And if Paul can write that, I can tell you it's still true today. But he says, what do you have to do? You have to give it to me. If Paul would have tried to, when he was in prison, if he would have tried to escape on his own, history may have been different. They may have killed him right there on the spot. If he would have tried to say, God, I'm tired of sitting here. I'm busting out of this joint. 
could have been completely different. Paul said, you know what? I'm giving it to him. You take control of it. You fix it. And when we do that, God will give us, give you a supernatural peace. A peace that goes beyond your ability to understand. A peace that when people on the outside look and see what you're going through, they look at you and they say, boy, if I was you, I'd be worried. They can look at you and say, your situation is horrible. They can look at your situation and say, well, if I was you, this is how I'd fix it. But then they look at you and you just, you're not worried. They look at you and say, what is it? How are you so calm when everything is crashing against you? your life, the waves are about to overtake you. And you can say it's because I've given it to God. It's not mine to control. It's for Him. If your spouse is making bad decisions, nagging them about it's not going to fix it. Only God can. If you're trying to control your kid's future, you can't do it. You can't make decisions for them. Whatever it is that you're trying to control, ask yourself, is it really mine to control? And if it's not, stop trying. Give it to God. Trust in Him with all your heart. with intimacy give it to him stop worrying about it quit being anxious about it God it's yours God I give it to you I'm tired of trying to work it out on my own because what happens is is when you start to do that you become so weary so tired of the battle so tired of the day-to-day fight that you have no peace. Why is that? Because you've taken matters into your own hands. You're trying to fix a situation that you can't fix. You're trying to control a situation that's not yours to control. And my challenge and my plea to you this morning is give it to God. Let Him give you peace passes all understanding with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here this morning say pastor I have real control issues pastor I have something in, in my life that has been eating at me and tearing at me and trying to to disrupt my life but it's not really mine to control I know that deep down I know that I can't fix it if that's you 
going to ask you to slip up your hand. Thank you all across this building. Why is that? Why is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? Because God has told us nothing happens by accident. You're here this morning for a reason. It's not just to hear a a few songs. It's not just to, to hear this word, but it's because God wants to give you peace. God wants to give you peace. Father, I come before you this morning. God, you've seen every hand that has went up. God, I know, Holy Spirit, I know that you are dealing with people's hearts and their lives right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the word. I thank you for the lives that are getting ready to be changed through your power. Father, I pray right now, I come against any distraction. Any tormenting spirit that would keep those here this morning from finding peace, from choosing wisely, I bind in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you're doing and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to stand.